We're good. Hello, everyone. <laughs> it is I, the Psycho Snowflake, with my friend, Crazy Conservative Man, where we discuss. <laughs> what are you, plankton? Plankton's. Are you doing your best? Are you doing your best plankton impression? Is that what this is? Plankton. I, I, plankton. Ciao, ciao, oh. everyone, and thanks for showing up to the show <laughs> and uh, and listen to our recordings. I hope you enjoyed last week's episode. Uh, where we basically wrecked we, on, on no, 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 no. Amber Heard. You Hurd. basically wrecked on every <laughs> celebrity, and it was highly entertaining for me. It was. It was. Literally made me laugh so hard. I had a good time doing it. So, so funny. So, uh, Rhea and I tonight, we decided that we were going to uh, to talk about something that interests both of us a lot, and that is general human psychology. La, la, la. What are you thinking? <laughs> I don't know if you want to dive in that far. Well, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> both of us really have uh, a passion for psychology. We love getting into uh, what makes people tick, why they do the things they do, and why things mm -hmm. set up the way they set up. Yeah. And to preface this, uh, he is a Virgo, and I'm a Virgo moon. And Virgos are all about the head. Like, like... Like I, the giant head? That was in a TV show once. No, the but alien like, no, like, I think it was Third Rock from the Sun. Like, Virgos are very sensitive to like stomach issues, but also like head issues, which like directly translates to the brain. So, like, psychology is very interesting to us Virgo people. My face is now on. There you go. <laughs> now you can see half my pro. Now I can see my profile. <laughs> mm -hmm. Just for reference, Ed is going live right now, currently on his. I am, Facebook. and this was just a spur of the moment thing. I didn't, uh, I didn't plan yeah, on it. Nope. We're nope. just like, I'm like, he screw didn't it. Tell fuck me, it. We're, I'm uh, wearing my ratty ass sweatshirt. We're pushing the live. But I told no her, don't makeup. <laughs> but I told her not to worry about it. Everything's alright. I'm always worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> Everything a, looks orange. I got a bl I got a brown couch and orange light and so, a tan wall and everything's orange. So uh, I I think it's fair to say that we both consider ourselves amateur psychologists. <laughs> and <laughs> yes. no, you laugh, but I think that's I mean there's I amateur mean, ball players. There's we amateur are very golfers. observant, you and I. We are. We pick up on people's behaviors like. And we talk about it with each other. <laughs> All the time. <laughs> All the time. We'll be like, oh, my God, did you see what happened? And did you see what that person said? Do you know why they right. said that? And she's like, yes, I know exactly why. And I'm like, that's right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, with the whole, like, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard thing, I was telling you about. Um, Emasculation 101 right there. That's yeah. going to be a cl college class someday. Oh, my God. But did you did She's like copying his outfits yeah. to intimidate or to find sympathy within yeah. the jury because she thinks that if she dresses like him the next day that they will have a calmer, more like forgiving a outlook on her. Accepting outlook. Yes. So, you know, one of the so we talk about psychology all the time and, you know, I think a lot of people miss the boat on psychology and what the whole end game is mm -hmm. and. Of course, the end game is that you want to be happy. For sure. And I don't think people approach, uh, especially psychotherapy, with the right frame of mind. I'm not sure what many people think they're going to get out of it. Well, there's always this f fucking stigma with therapy and everybody being like, I don't want to sit on a couch and share my emotions because what? Like, well, you know what I mean? So I feel like all you got to do, I will, for 160 an hour... I, I can wrap this up in one visit. <laughs> like I, can, <laughs> we can wrap this up in uh, one visit. I no won't cut any corners. No degree in psychology. No, no degree. No, doesn't know anything no. about any of the <laughs> no. mental health problems. Just he can. No, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I mean, let's not say that. I, I don't mean, have a like degree. The, sure. The technical terms of some oh, like. I think I know the technical terms. Some of my best friends are sociopaths. <laughs> So how can you wrap up a whole year's worth of therapy? Well, you know, I think people miss the whole boat on, on psychotherapy, particularly couples. Like, they go into marriage counseling or something like that. And, you know, I think therapists drop the ball when they, um, they skirt the main question, mm -hmm. which is, are you happy? Yes or no? Mm -hmm. Do you want to be happy? Yes or no? Because those are some right. big questions. Those are big questions. And, and that's the way all therapy sessions should, uh, should start. People need to understand why they're, th why they're why there. Why they're not happy. Well, they have to accept that they're not happy. 
Well, that's true. You have to be able to you answer always yourself. start with acceptance. <laughs> it is. No, that's the deal. If you're in denial. That's true. If you're in denial that you're sad. Then it's then not going to work. Of course not. Yep. Nope. And therapy's not going to you, you, you. You can't just go around, you know, telling yourself you're happy. You have to be happy. Amen. And, and happiness is something that is a, uh, it is not the default emotion. Mm. It, in, it, in fact, requires work. <laughs> Yeah, it requires people. You have some, to choose some people more than others. You have to choose to be happy, and I think that that gets missed in a lot of people. They don't understand that happiness is something that they have to work for. They have to choose. Mm-hmm. Uh, it requires a lot of things. It requires acceptance. It requires uh, humility. Things like that that people just miss the boat on. They don't understand how come they keep running into brick walls and mm. you know getting hurt. Because, well, when you keep yeah. doing the same fucking thing, yeah. keep running and you the same wall. you expect a different outlet. Yes, that's the definition of insanity. No, but, so we did an, I did an acting class at my acting two class. Shout out to Isaac Eddy. Love you. He's just like, he was my professor. And we did this acting class and we talked about how when you're delivering a line. So like, say like the line was, I'm mad at you. And I say it like, oh, I'm, I'm mad at you. Or if I say, oh, I'm mad at you and like yell at you. Like if you repeat it in different ways and you realize one tactic isn't working, you're going to move to another tactic. Like you're going to change your um, the dogs just walked in the room. <laughs> That's OK. Only <laughs> on the live they show. Literally appeared that they, they literally appeared <laughs> like mm-hmm. it looked like they opened the door, which is why I had to stop. <laughs> but anyway, like it, it's all about changing the mindset of the words that you're saying. If that makes any sense. Of course it does. Like if you go about it in a in a totally different way, then you might get your point across better. And I don't think and I think that's what you're trying to say. Well, is that if you're looking at it through. Right. A different, so so yeah. once you answer the question, are you happy? That yeah. is a yes or no question. And mm-hmm. if you have to think about it, then you're not. Right. Right. Because happiness is something you feel. And and that's the goal. Right. Any kind mm-hmm. of psychotherapy, mm-hmm. any kind of relationships you have in life. The goal is to be is to be happy, right? Happy Amen. with yourself and happy with your uh, with your circumstances. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't think people get asked themselves that question often enough. No. And if they do ask themselves that question, they ask it to themselves without a setting where you're forced to answer that in in front of your partner or people you love. So, you okay. know, you may go to therapy with your husband or your sp- you know your wife, whatever your spouse. And when the therapist asks asks you if uh, if you're happy, mm-hmm. most of the time, the spouse doesn't understand why you just said no. Mm. No, I'm not. Why do? Why aren't you happy? You got everything to be happy about. I pay all the bills, or I clean all your clothes. I take care of the house. I right, take care right, of the kids. Right, right. And and that of course has nothing to do with happiness. Those you just listed off chores. Yeah. And and responsibilities. There's a huge difference. So you have to be happy yeah. you have to want doing to. your job or yeah. doing the responsibilities that you chose to do in order to be happy. Right. And if you don't like what you're doing, you have to at least accept it. Right. You have to embrace the suck. Embrace the suck. You have to embrace the suck. Um, I've had there that. There are w- some things about life that are just going to suck. They, it's like the fact everything. that you have most things in life suck in my adult life i will have to somehow feed myself every day that sucks i don't want to feed myself like i'd would rather, you rather I'd somebody much, spoon you yes, i mean is that 100 i would much like rather with a, with like a gerber baby food i'm spoon sorry would or we something? not like would we'll we, just shovel it in <laughs> i mean sometimes you want bananas but, but you know what i mean like uh, i would Stage would we all three. much rather sit in a restaurant <laughs> And of course, like have somebody else make our dinner and clean our plate and sure. whatever. Yeah. Sure. But like you have, to embrace that. you have to embrace the fact that you can't fucking have that because it's expensive and it sucks. Well, it you, sucks that I have to do dishes. Well, no, here's the thing. Shit. You can't have it. But w- but you can't just it's not going to just happen for you. No, it's not just showing up at the door, you know, no. and that it's a lot like <clears throat> like I love people who are there. I can't find the right date. I can't find the right guy. I can't find Me. the right girl. And it's like, OK, well, have you left your room in the last six months? <laughs> Because if you, you yeah. because if you haven't, I have guarantee you tried going out on dates? I guarantee that nobody's going to show up at the door. Hello? Yeah, Joey. 
Jolly, I'm here. I'm your date. <laughs> I didn't know I had a date. No, but I did. You know, yeah, that's it, not going to happen. No, I'm sorry. You have it, to go out on shitty dates. You have to. You have to just be open to the fact that this date with this person could go bad. Like you ha- It's about the risk. It's all about the risk. It's all about the risk. Not too much of a risk where you're like, oh, is this person going to murder me on this date because we haven't met? Which comes, which comes to the point that in order to take a risk, you have to open yourself up to, vulner- uh, to vulnerability. A fucking man. And, and you cannot be happy unless you are able to make yourself vulnerable. Um, I can tell you that from personal experience, uh, going through my own life's tragedies, mm-hmm. that when, it, when you need to heal... You know when you're healed and when you're not healed, when you're willing to accept a vulnerable situation, whether it's yeah. with a with another child or with an animal. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know when you're not vulnerable because, you know, you lock yourself up, you introvert, you, you close, away. you close the walls down, you shut yep. the door and you push you're stuff in away. You're in denial. And you're in denial. Yeah. I've been there. Not maybe not. like Most people have. You know what I mean? Like I have from. Plenty of times. Plenty of times. Hand like, I've definitely sat there and been like, "No, I'm perfectly fine," and like looked people in the eye and been like, "I'm perfectly fine," and then, "No, you're not, Rihanna." You know what no. I mean? Like, do I cry on like? There was one point in time where I was crying every single day on the way to work and on the way back home from work. Oh my God! And you I had to literally hate, hate your job. I didn't hate my job. I hated the person I was living with. But still. Okay. So I would, I kept like, I would be like, so why am I crying all the time? And then going into work and they're like, how are you? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so great. I have a banana for lunch. Like life is wonderful. That's called phoning it in. But that's like, but, but that's like convincing. Yeah. Denial. Like convincing myself that I am happy, that I'm healthy, that this is a good situation. So I could tell you. And not being vulnerable. And most, most people, if anyone's watching, I don't know, it's probably two or three people. Hi, two or three people. (laughs) You know, in my own personal life, I get we all suffer tragedy. I've had mine. And, you know, you go through the routines and it's a it's a it's a classic sign of depression, clinical depression, where you're going through the same routine every day. You wake up, you set your alarm, you get up, you get out of bed, you go to work, you come home, you feed yourself, you take out the dogs, you go to bed. Maybe you watch a show, but it's the routine that you do over and over again. Right. And what you're really doing is just phoning it in. You're not living. You're not right. experiencing. You're not doing anything. You're, you're not just doing anything. You're, you're but that's literally, your safe yeah. zone, right? You're literally meeting the requirements of a human. Right. And and that's because and people default to this safety zone because it's survival. And it's literally called, you know, this the survival mode. And when you're in survival mode, you can't. You, you cannot be happy because you can't express yourself to anyone and you can't accept anybody's expression and you mm-hmm. can't love yourself for who you are and what's going on. And, um, and, and those walls have to be broken down in order to be happy because you have to make yourself vulnerable if, yeah. if you're going to be happy. And that means and opening up your heart you to, to your friends your and your loved ones. Yeah. And you have to also like, uh, accept your flaws and accept that you are sad because that was one of the things that yep. I all and like this is kind of getting a little personal but all of my life you I've can. been a very yeah I don't fucking care <laughs> I all my life I've been a very bubbly very happy very like bright were you you sunshiny. were shiny very sunshiny <laughs> I am in case you can't tell I am very like bright sunshiny uh, you know, okay. not to like toot my own horn but like when I was sad I was like, well, I can't be sad in front of this person because then this would person I wouldn't be happy. And or I can't be sad in front of this person because then that like that. You know what I mean? Like you're just kind of phoning it in enough so other people don't actually think that you're sad. Like mm-hmm. I, I literally I didn't talk to I am a very social person and I didn't talk to people. So you know what I mean? Yes. When when when. When I humans, get, when people get into thing. that, when people get into that routine of phoning it in, thing um, phoning it in. obviously, depending on your situation, it's totally normal. Everybody does it, and mm-hmm. and that's a coping mechanism. When you have, a, w- you know, you have a problem if you've done this for an extended period of time, and it yes. starts to have a physical effect, and that is yes. when you know 
that it is not normal uh, and that you need to do something serious about it mm -hmm. is when mm -hmm. your psychological uh, existence starts to have a physical effect on your body. Right. Uh, you, and you when can't, other things just you can't, get you never have, worse. You never have any energy. You can't yeah. get out of bed. Yeah. You have horrible dreams. You can't sleep mm -hmm. at night. These mm -hmm. are physical mm -hmm. manifestations of depression. Of depression. Yep. So when you when those things when you are don't want to take a shower, when you'd rather just sit around and do nothing and grow. Yeah. You like know, like you would, mushrooms. Yeah, like literally, like <laughs> like you would rather sit on your ass and watch the pile of laundry grow. Yes. Than do so, it. So. You know what I mean? Like you're just stuck. So once you once you have a physical manifestation of a, of a depression situation, mm -hmm. that's when you should be asking yourself, "Hey, this that's a warning sign. Is this okay? This is clearly not okay." And it's also an indication of a lack of support system because people who when you do have a support system and you everybody needs that support system, it's literally what gets you through life. Uh, the people who are part of that support system will tell you, um, hey, Re, I, I haven't seen you yeah. before 10 a.m. in a week. Right. Or a month, you know. Right. Or, I've been there. You know, all, all you do is eat ice cream and watch old Rocky movies. You know, it's getting old. One of the things that I did <laughs> when I was deeply depressed that I didn't realize I was doing was that I was buying bigger clothes and clothes that like weren't my style. Like I was buying oversized baggy clothes to like cover, like, like physically, trench coats. but f no, but like to like old man, you know coats. what I mean? <laughs> like to physically <laughs> hide my body, to physically hide as of much course. as possible. Yes. And like because I'm not that a is very, a shelter. Yes. That it's is like a, a shelter for your it's like persona. A cocoon. Yeah. And so I'm also the kind of person that's like very body positive i wear whatever the fuck i want regardless of weight because i want to and like for me as a person to see that physical change my friends were all like why are you buying ugly clothes why are you buying like what's wrong with you oversized yeah they literally because like i remember taking a picture in my work uniform and sending it to my friends on my first day of work and they were like why does this look like five sizes too big for you what are you trying to hide Ouch. you know what i mean like I it's, do. And so, like, that's definitely something that physically, like, showed for that's, me. I wonder if that's why I didn't think my suit looked good. <laughs> I mean, so I, I mean, I, I looked at the picture. I thought you looked great. Okay. You, you looked wonderful. Okay, fine. But you know what I mean? It, I, well, I don't know. I never feel like I look good in anything, so. No, you do. But, you know, not to you look wonderful. just get back on topic here. So. Everyone comment, Ed looks wonderful oh in his Oh, my suit. Lord. Because <laughs> he does. No, I'm not showing anybody. And also, I'll comment, show you a photo, but and also right. comment that so, I looked great in my dress. But oh, that's you do. <laughs> <laughs> you can see it. It's in there. I went to, uh, we, we had a very festive occasion on Saturday night. We my did. Son, um, my son is getting married. We had an engagement party at the Union really League Cafe. We had a fantastic time. Wonderful dinner. Angie's yes. family It's interesting. Amazing. Not our just our Not amazing. just our wee best friends, but. Your best friend happens to be getting married to my son. Yeah, and your son also is my best friend, like how, one how, of my best how unique. friends. Isn't that so cool? Yeah, I we, didn't, we didn't plan so it fun. that way either. No, we didn't. You know what's awesome is because I get to do the maid of honor speech, and I get to talk about both of them because oh, I Lord. fucking love. Yeah, I'm literally gonna cry just thinking about it. But anyway, no, don't do that. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's so awesome. But know, yeah, so we had a nice event that we went to. And it was really cool. And I, I bring that up for a reason because, you know, people look gift horses in the mouth all the time. And one of the things that you have to do when you are in a deep state of depression is you have to push yourself out of the comfort zone. It's it's the yeah. healing zone. OK, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so you are in the comfort zone. You're in denial. And in order to escape that and and put some positive back into your uh into your life and positive brain activity um you have to go out and do things that are positive yes and that is to be with friends and family to go to uh be with to the go people to parties. that fill your cup you have to do these things as yeah. much as uh as much as it may be painful or it may be anxious and, you know, we're extroverts, so maybe seeing those people and going out to events is something that makes us happy and, like, pushes us a little bit when we're sad. But people who are introverts, 
Well, you and I will gravitate towards introverts and pull I them out. I know. We do that all the time. We, yes, it's true. They we'll, hate us for we it. Can even, we'll even coordinate. Literally. Behind the scenes. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this introvert needs some help. <laughs> you should do this, and then I'll just hide in the other room. Did you see? Them. Did you see, Joey? He hasn't gotten up to dance now in 25 minutes. <laughs> Go over there. Give him a. <laughs> what are you waiting for, kid? So it's easy when you have that type of a personality. Yeah, but I mean, like, so, like, for people who are introverted, like, you know, shout out to Helen, my sister, like, she needs, (laughs) but, but, but she needs her alone time to fill her cup, to, like, make, like, her alone time with her book, her alone time with coloring. And there's nothing wrong with being an introvert. That's, you know. But, like, for Helen to actually genuinely, like, sometimes, you know, she could be upset or whatever, and, like, she needs to do the things that make her happy, whereas, like, the things that make us happy might be going out and getting a drink and, like, hanging out. But, like, someone who is, like, Helen, who is more introverted, she w- needs, like, time to, like, sit and read a book or, you know, push herself to, like, you know, do something like that. You know what I mean? Sure. Does that make sense? Like, I just feel like introverts. I, I mean, work I think. Did you just? Did do. you just call her sad and pathetic? No. <laughs> no, she. But she would agree with me that she needs her alone time to like recuperate. Of course, everybody needs alone time. They need. Everybody needs time with their thoughts. Yeah. And and that's what it boils down to Most is, time. <laughs> you know, of course, being you know some people, and this is again another sign of classic depression. If you mm-hmm. don't like being alone with your thoughts, if your own thoughts are not providing a pas- positive impact in your life. Intrusive thoughts. All, yeah, all negative mm-hmm. thoughts are mm-hmm. intrusive. Mm-hmm. 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 Then it's time to reexamine what you're doing. Yes. And I could tell you, um, you know, w- the last decent therapist I met, uh, I don't even mind giving her a shout out. I don't even know if she's around. Her name was uh, Christine Hunter. And... Um, what an amazing woman because she really um, explained perfectly the need to control your own thoughts. Mm. And that's the key to to bringing uh, – that's the I key to getting out of depression and enjoying the rest of your I life. I agree with you. And 100%. it's also the key of making yourself happy. I don't care yeah. if you're depressed or not. But being able to control your own thoughts is what the entire process of psychotherapy is about. Right. To be able to recognize negative thoughts and say, no, you're a negative thought. I'm not, not going to I'm not going to indulge. I'm not yes. going to entertain it. Yes. I'm going to put that on the shelf. There have been so many times I've done that, and especially when I'm driving. Do you oh, ever yes. get like really crappy thoughts when you're driving? And it's of like, course. Get the fuck get out. out. We're not out. thinking out. that today. Ooh, get off, get off, get off. You know what I mean? Yes. So That's why I have a diary because I like write all my shit down. And then it's so like, one of the things that I do. Uh, that I've done in the past that helps me control my thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, deep meditation is a good thing. I and a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, don't pay any attention to it, disregard. And essentially, it's just you're alone with your own thoughts, mm-hmm. but you're you're very focused on what you're thinking, the fact that you're thinking positive thoughts. Um, and that you have the ability to control what comes in and out of your mind. Mm. And that control is the key to being truly happy because, you know, meditation is guided and it's uh, structured in such a way that yeah. you have this nice music on. Nobody's going to bother you. You got your candles on and you got your little water fountain going on in the background, right? Your bubbler. And you got your bubbler and you're sitting Indian style the with your... incense is burning. And you're oming, okay? You're so oming. what that really... <laughs> what that it's all about yeah. isn't about any of that Crap. bullshit, yeah. okay? All it is is it allows you a... You cannot learn to meditate in noise mental noise you cannot learn to control your thoughts when you're being bombarded by mental noise so you can't you know you can't tell yourself it's okay to be happy it's okay to uh want to do this with this person it's okay to tell this person at work this you you can't have that kind of inner contemplation you know, while mm-hmm. the kids are screaming 
and while you're trying to watch yeah. Ozark in the, the background. Barking. Right. Yeah. So so yeah. that's the point of the calm music and the and the mood setting. It's because the mood mm-hmm. matters. Mm-hmm. So once you learn how to uh, meditate, okay, mm-hmm. and you know some people are better at it than others. I'm okay. There's also but different ways I feel to meditate. Too. But when you do, mm-hmm. when you leave, when you go back out into the real world, and you're not, you know, in your closet or in your room with your hookah anymore then <laughs> Why are you there will come hippies? a time there will come a time you'll be in a situation uh perhaps adversarial at work or something like that and you'll like oh god i'm gonna mm-hmm. no, no i'm not gonna call you <laughs> fucking moron right now maybe on because my there's home. no benefit to right. me in doing that and people think like that's you know uh some new rev- no that's success mm-hmm. that is how you Being succeed able to control and that emotions. is how you make yourself happy and keep yourself happy by not allowing the things that have a negative impact manifesting that ne- negative impact mm-hmm. in your life i feel like definitely that's part of it for sure you know everybody walks around and they tell themselves they'll get into these arguments with work although have anxiety at school and they're like you know that this shouldn't bother you you know that you shouldn't be worried about what yeah. this person thinks, mm-hmm. yet you do, yeah, you do, and you ruminate and you think and you about it. And you're like, it. "Oh my God, I, you know, did my boss mean that I was slow? Am I going to get fired on Monday?" And you'll spend all weekend long. Dread. Am I going to get fired? Am I going to get fired? Am I going to get fired? Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, n- whether you are or not is completely irrelevant. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that you're wasting your time thinking about it. That's that decision's done. It's not yours. You accept it. Take confidence in yourself that even if you do, right. you know, if you either did something wrong and you know, if you, if you did something wrong and you need to get fired, well, then you would suck it up. Yeah. But I'm you sorry. Know. You know, you would know. Correct. You know, if you stole from work, well, you know, no need to even worry about that for the weekend. You made a mistake. You screwed that up. Own it. Move along. Learn mm-hmm. to own your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And learn to be able to accept the fact that you made a mistake. And, you know, because if you don't, that's the only way you could strive to do better in your own life is by accepting the fact that, okay, I fucked this up and own it. I can tell you right now, a surefire indication that you have mental issues is when you knowingly, knowingly make a mistake and yet you put all your effort into defending it, um, into taking a defensive role. No, I didn't. Mm I didn't mean that, or, or I didn't say that, or I didn't do that. Yes, you did, and you know it. Mm. And let me tell you something. We've all been in that spot, you know, where we've called somebody something or yelled at somebody for something. And if you get defensive about it when somebody calls you on it, I can tell you. Denial. Denial and defensiveness are Satan are Satan's tools. Okay, because you're avoiding you're avoiding reality. You're avoiding an opportunity Mm -hmm. to make yourself happy because there's nothing that's more empowering than saying to yourself or to someone else. You know what? I did. I'm sorry. It's my fault. I did this. And and that is such an amazingly uplifting. It's like somebody took the chains off me. Yeah. I'm free now Mm -hmm. because I'm not trying to contain the bullshit that I've been telling myself all weekend. And Mm -hmm. I've I've just let it out. Yeah. You know, I did. I saw it there. There was like a stack of hundreds. And, you know, it was me. I took it. You know, maybe if you give it back, you won't go to jail. But you know what? If you go to jail, you probably deserve to go to jail. And what's your option? Go through the rest of your life knowing that you should have went to jail? Mm-hmm. Do yourself a favor. Suck it up. Yeah. No, I feel you. There's, there's no denial there. And sometimes it sucks to admit when you're wrong. But I feel It like, always sucks to admit I you're wrong. But I feel like if you're a depressed person, you're not going to admit when you're wrong. But you're going to keep defensiveness doing wrong is Defensiveness is a character flaw. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree. And there's... And also, some people just go to the go to the extreme where they're like defending themselves so much that that's what they believe is the truth and that's what they believe is like 
oh, like of ironclad. Yes. Like when someone well, is, well, what you just like, described is psychopathic. Yeah. But it's just like when someone is really depressed and they don't know, they will continuously just deny, 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 and think that the whole world is against them. Well, correct. You know what I mean? It's like. It, what know. you just said, it's funny you said that the whole world is against me. Yeah, because that's I can't how I tell feel you, some people are like. I can't tell you how many people I know that go through life, uh, and every time something goes wrong, oh, this only happens to me. The whole world is against me. Yeah. If you find yourself saying that or telling yourself that, you need to see a, a psychologist. You need to get some professional help, which, of course, there's right. nothing wrong with. But the fact of the matter is, is that you're, you're getting yourself frustrated because you know the world doesn't give a fuck and about you. And you're so down on yourself. Not and you feel like you are like such a shitty person that the whole world is against you. And I just think like, and of course, it's not. Of course, it's not. It's not. No, it's not. Just because like just because something bad happened two in minorly inconvenient things happen to you in one day doesn't mean that the world is against you. Yeah, but let's be fair. You could be a drug addict and, and you know, you can't take personal accountability out of, out of the equation. Mm. You know, you have to own up to the fact that, you know, if you're doing something that has consequences that you know are are negative, mm -hmm. well, then you, you can't get surprised when, when negative consequences negative happen. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? yeah, yeah. And owning that is really the first step in changing yes. whatever the circumstances it's were always acceptance. that brought you to the to the negative place it's in the first in the acceptance. first place. You know, and if you gotta be able to you got to be able to actually want to work on it, too. That's the other thing. You like, do. like you have to want to be happy. You have to want to do the work. You have to want to be better. You have to want to be happy. Yeah. You cannot. Happiness does not show up on the doorstep. And it doesn't. You know, it's all about mindset. If you think about it, uh, one of the greatest uh, Rush Limbaugh used to say, don't don't even no. rush had this great line. He's like, you could go to any library on earth and there are no books on how to fail. There's no books on how to fail. There's no books on how to be unhappy because you inherently know this. You don't have to <laughs> be taught. Really you point. don't have to be taught to be unhappy. You don't have to be taught to fail. Right. That is the baseline norm. Wow. That is the baseline really norm. That says a lot. It's accepting. Everybody knows how to be unhappy. Everybody knows how to be unhappy. Hmm. Being happy, nobody, and it's unfortunate that we don't teach that in school, that we don't have basic psychology in school because it's actually much simpler than people think, right? And, you know, it kind of even goes back a little bit to religion. If you look at the tenets of, of most religion, uh, you know, don't lie, don't cheat, don't steal, don't sin, right? Don't commit adultery. That's because when you do those things, you know you're doing something wrong. You inherently know that you are you're lying to yourself, you're lying to your neighbor, you're lying to your spouse, you are stealing from somebody. We inherently know mm. that these things are wrong. Right. So, you know, the very first implementation of how to be happy was pretty much called the Ten Commandments. If you don't do these ten things... <laughs> There's a damn good chance that you will be that happy. you're going to be OK. It's true. And then there are people out there that just don't give a but, flying you know, fluke and do the bad things anyway. And then are surprised. But not without consequences. But then but then they're surprised when they get caught or. When well, they're I, I, I'll attest that <laughs> I don't think they are surprised. Just upset. Just mad that they get yeah, caught. Ted Bundy was mad that he got caught. He didn't give a fuck about those girls. I know people who have cheated on their spouses. Who have lied to their kids, uh, lied to their parents, and live double lives, mm. and they know it's wrong the whole time. Mm -hmm. Even when they're out partying with their girlfriend or partying with their boyfriend, when their wife is home with the kids, they know it's wrong. Then they run. They know it's wrong after they get away with it, and they will continue to become increasingly unhappy and depressed and eventually it all comes out there's no eventually 
everything comes to a reckoning. Everything comes to the table. Everything comes to the table. So all the chips have to fall. So you know, I always tell myself it's it's if you could just stick to the big rules, you're probably going to be okay. Because it's uh, easy. I don't know. I feel like it there is. are people out there that do everything that they need to do and they're doing it right and they're still depressed. And that's more but that's more like Well, whether or not they're depressed is is irrelevant. Every any, everybody gets clinic, that's not gets situational, depressed. it's clinical. But here's the thing. You cannot escape depression. You cannot pull yourself out of that if you are still in if you are still engaging in the negative activity. That got you depressed in the first place. You cannot be a drug addict and be depressed and blame, you know, something else for being a drug addict. Right. You know you're a drug addict. Everybody who's a drug addict knows they're a drug addict. It, it That's why it's called denial. Because if you ask them if they're a drug addict and they say no, mm-hmm. that's why they're depressed. Because they're living in a state of denial. It's only when... You open yourself up to being vulnerable again Mm -hmm. to saying, yes, I am a drug addict or yes, I am an alcoholic. That is the that is the reason why AA meetings start with. Hello, my name is Ed and I'm an alcoholic. Right. Because it's about just because accepting it as the norm. Acceptance is the key to success. It really is. It really is. And embracing and making the best of your situation. I'm going to pause our show. Yeah. I've been live long enough. I don't want to do this for. I don't want that to be on for another hour. So uh, <laughs> we'll see who watched. But we're, we're going to come back and we're going to finish our recording. Don't go nowhere. For for those of you listening to this on the radio, this is going to take two seconds. This is going to take one second. Watch, just watch. We're back. You didn't even know we were you gone. Can, you didn't even know. <laughs> no, that didn't even happen. Never for happened. You. It was a blip. It was like a piece of static. It was the blip. Static like an, blip, like it? No, like the blip in um. <coughs> so I I, I think where we left off is you know it, it's simply uh. You uh, have to w- accept. That's what it you was. You have to accept. You have to accept. You know, I a great speech that um. When my son, uh, my oldest son Ed. Went to a, uh, went to his first day at college at Norwich University uh, one of the admissions officers gave this great speech on embracing the suck mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. if there's nothing else you take out of life it tell I'll tell you till the day I'm gone embracing the suck is the key to happiness everything in life sucks everything in life sucks <laughs> everything in life sucks no, really. I mean, oh, it's yeah, like you I said, you want to get up, you want people to serve you food all day. That'd be great. Just, you know, here, Alexa, throw Alexa. me, throw me bonbons and change the channel. Can I have uh, a hot dog with ketchup, please? Right. And, you know, <laughs> and, and, and do, do away with these digs. Where's my boat? Yeah. I, want, <laughs> I want my boat. But no, you have no. to like do the things you don't want to do in life all the time. Right. Of course. That's do why we it's called go work. To work? No. no. Do we want to take the trash out to the curb? No. no. Do we want to walk the dog even though it's snowing outside and you're going to be fucking no. cold and it's nice but, and warm in your but house? But here's the no. thing, right? So you know, if, if you take the trash outside, I try. True, true story. You, you go to take the trash, you're like, oh, my God, I don't want to take sucks. the trash out. I totally forgot. It's Thursday night. I was nestled in bed, and then it's like, oh, damn Fuck. it. I fucking forgot the damn trash cans. Fuck. I got to go take them out. I got to get out of bed. Fuck. And it's my job. It's not even like I could tell my wife to do it. Fuck. <laughs> so. <laughs> that was my reenactment of you getting out of bed. So. <laughs> walking your ass down the stairs. But you get out, the trash right? Out. But you get outside, and I and I go to take the trash out, and I hear um, the bleepers, uh, the, the those, frogs, the frogs, the peepers, me, yeah. Me, me, and what? It, it's just such a soothing sound. So I love that I was setting the scene. So right. So here I am. I'm taking the garbage out down the road. I was all bent out of shape, and I'm listening to all these peepers. And I'm thinking to myself, you know, things could this 
Things could be this worse. could be much worse. This could be worse. You know, listen to the beautiful. I actually stopped and just listened to the peepers for like 10 to 15 seconds, you know, and just took it all in. There's a little bit of mist in the air. It was a beautiful night. <clears throat> now, had it been windy and cold, I'd have been like, fuck this. <laughs> fuck this. <laughs> because there's, yeah. you know, I have tolerance for everything but wind. If it was wind, I would have just, I, honest to God, if it's, when it's windy, the I'll trash even, can wait even when it's not week. cold, the trash can wait till next week. Exactly. <laughs> I'll just put it in my neighbor's yard, take his empty cans. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's terrible. <clears throat> of course it's terrible. <laughs> I just stole his kids. <laughs> yeah, no, I, d- I definitely agree with you on the whole embracing the suck thing. Because once you, like, kind of come to terms with the things that you have to do in life, it just, it just gets easier. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and I'm, I'm going to use this to segue into what I think is one of the largest problems in in our society, and that is youth anxiety. Amen. <clears throat> and I am he- and sick of it. And here's why. You know, all, all, I feel horrible. All of these kids, they're going through school, uh, and of course with COVID and all that other stuff, it's, um, it's the process of actually doing it that relieves you of anxiety. Anxiety is worrying well, about so something depressed that you don't want Wor- to do it. <laughs> anxiety is worrying about something that you either, you know, have no control over or can't do anything about right now. And you're just worried about it. So you, you set yourself up for failure. And what you really need to do is just accept that failure is fine. And that's the problem. With, I mean, some that's people have really bad clinical anxiety and of depression course. and like but need here's the medicine thing. to actually get them to do things. Right. But like, why is that becoming such a massive issue in our society? I, I'll tell you what my theory is. Uh, I'm excited for your theory, please. But you agree with me that that is a serious thing. When I went so, to school, yeah, I mean, when I went to school, anxiety, it was a thing. Sure, we knew what it was. But we didn't have an entire school filled with socially anxious children. Well, at like I think it's more no so one. talked about now. I don't think that it's any. I just think that people talk about it more. I think that it's recognized more in adolescence, and it's like these are the signs. Like back when you went to school, I don't think that there was ever like you couldn't mm-hmm. go in your dictionary or your whatever book. Because you don't have the internet and look up anxiety and find the signs of anxiety that, you know, you're looking for. Hold on. Okay. He cooked <laughs> Ed, the meatloaf. Ed decided to interrupt <laughs> right. our podcast all right. All right. to so tell us <laughs> that he cooked meatloaf. Fabulous. And, I w- Fabulous. and he's going to give us a quick two-second word review of his meatloaf. Of course he is. He's going to tell us about his day. Don't be bashful uh, right up okay, to the so mic. Well, what I'm actually going to say is that the last time I came home late on a Monday night from duty after they had started their podcast, I didn't come in to say hello. And after it was over, they were all Closer. like, why didn't you come say hello? You're just doing our podcast. And I was like, well, I didn't want to. Well, wait a minute. The reason is. No, wait. No, wait. The reason is because we invite you here when we need a fact checker. And then you dick us. You're like, no, I'm not going to fact check for you. Fuck off. So so that's why we don't invite you All anymore. All right, fine. What do you want fact checked? Nothing. What's in the bag? What's in the bag? Meatloaf. What's in the bag, bitch? It's meatloaf. I can't wait to have it. It's right, delicious. You're giving me anxiety. All right. You're why giving am I giving anxiety. you anxiety? We're talking about anxiety. Oh, she says, oh, I have that a lot. I went to the hospital for that. <laughs> it's 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 true. It's 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 true. Yeah. So. Oh Lord. Oh my God! Oh Lord. No, get out of oh here. Lord. Well, Take well, your meat <laughs> with you. <laughs> no, no, wait, wait, wait. I don't know. Can we, can we talk about that in public? Okay. Okay. Get rid of your meatloaf. I want to. I'll I'll work it into the story. But 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 come back soon. Anyway, that was that was <laughs> anyway, a, that was our commercial see break. See you later. With Ed. Come back soon. <laughs> that was our commercial break. Right, with we definitely Ed's lost meatloaf. one of the five listeners there. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was pretty entertaining. So, 
So, you know, all these kids have anxiety. And I got to tell you what my theory is. I'm ready. It's called nobody manages these child's expectations. <laughs> and I'm snapping. Are you? Is that like That's agreeing agree. with me? Yeah like, yeah, like either parents hold their children to this insanely high insane standard, expectation, like, yes, yes, or they like, hold. Why don't you think no like a thirty-five-year-old college grad executive? Yeah, What's right? the matter with you, kid? Oh, what do you mean you're not doing every single assignment that that you need to do automatically right now? What do right. you mean? What do you mean? So you have like six classes and they all assign homework and you didn't do homework for this one class and now you have a D. What what are you doing? Shame. You, but, but like actual shame. shame. Like parents will literally shame their children. Well, yes. And it's just like so it's either the expectations so, are crazy or mm-hmm. there are none. Well, the expectations are crazy, and then people break, and then they just forget about all expectations. Amen. So, when, amen. And and that and this is why I'm I'm a right winger and and not a left winger because I recognize, like most conservatives, that school has become way too encompassing. Way. Too it's much. way too much part of a life. It's not supposed to be your I'm end sorry, all. I'm sorry. The quadratic all. formula is not that goddamn important. The what formula? The, exactly. The night. Nyqu- the quadratic what? formula. It's some stupid fucking bullshit they teach you. Isn't it like forty percent alcohol? But mostly, <laughs> most of my anxiety <laughs> came from fucking math class because I knew that I wasn't a math person. I wasn't going to school for yes. math. I wasn't like like I need basic arithmetic and like you know mm-hmm. like. Addition, multiplication, subtraction, division, whatever, simple, like, problem solving. But beyond that, I don't need fucking math. I don't need to use the quadratic formula. I don't need to graph inequalities. I don't need to talk about imaginary numbers. But that was something that I was crazy. Most don't. But that was something I was crazy anxious about in all of my school. Well, that's because we've lost sight of what matters in an education. fucking men! Why aren't you teaching me how to balance a checkbook? Why aren't you teaching me how to manage my money? I'll I'll answer that, but it gets very political. I'm sorry. This is a political podcast. It is? (laughs) Well, I mean, we try. (laughs) We try really hard. No, but here's the thing. So everything looks great. You know, you get all these academics, you get all these pointy head types, (laughs) and they all get together, and they, they... essentially collect huge sums of tax money to go to conferences and get Mai Tais and and pina coladas and just (laughs) sit there and bullshit with each other and listen to some other psychopathic pointy head academic tell them that this is the new this is the new way to do it and and we've analyzed the results and and this is how you learn better social skills and this is how you learn better math skills Yeah, what you really just heard is somebody who wants to be patted on the back and wants to be accepted into the world of academic praise for for their own good. And they're just getting paid to say shit. You know, it's like not they don't give a fuck. You're not you're not dealing with a teacher. Mm. You're not dealing with somebody who cares about academic praise is also a big part of anxiety in kids, too. Of course it is. Because everyone's like, this test is really important. It counts for this much of your grade. It's very important. Then you go to the next class. This test is the most important test of the year. And oh, but this homework, this homework assignment, probably the most important homework assignment you have all week. It's like, what do you mean? So then I get upset. So I, I love academic praise. I love getting a good grade. I love that, but well, I love everybody it. Everybody does. Well, not some people don't fucking care. Some people truly don't care if they get a good grade or not, and that's fine. But I care way too much. So, like, there was one time where I was in school, and I passed this class in high school. I passed this class with a C plus. This one time at school. It camp. was sp- <laughs> this one time at school. Camp. <laughs> but it was my Spanish class, and I passed the class with a C plus. And on the back of my final, which I knew I didn't do amazing. I didn't do bad, but I didn't do amazing. I did a C plus work, whatever. On the back of my final, I wrote to my teacher a long winded note about how I was so sorry that I tried my best in this class and I really wanted to get a better grade than this. And I'm so sorry that I let you down and I'm so sorry, whatever. I wrote a dead ass. 
you can at Mr. Leg. Well, that was keeping you up, wasn't it? It was because I genuinely felt like I was letting him down like my teacher because I really did try in that class. Same with math. Like I really did yes. try. And so I retook and I didn't have to do this. I retook Spanish one with a bunch of fucking freshmen. Instant oh, regret. God. But I still retook it because I felt so inclined academically and so, so filled with anxiety <laughs> that I okay. had to prove so, this academic success so, in order to be important. So and here I'm it gonna crazy. I'm gonna wrap this, I'm gonna marriage this into uh into a political uh issue. That's fine. Because it is. And unfortunately all things in life are are rooted in politics. politics. Everything boils Everything. down to politics. That Just and is. economy. So even economy boils down to politics. Sure Continue. does. So you go back, uh, you know, let's go back fifty years. Ew. Kids were not told and hey, listen, there's all kinds of things. Uh, people think that you're conditioned to think that you go back fifty years, life was shit. Nobody knew anything. I was literally was saying you for the no. sole purpose that you are about 50. No, everybody's making fun of that. No, everybody was racist and stupid. No, I'm just forget making, it. I'm just so, literally doing it to fuck with you. But there are <laughs> there are things that you can't ignore. So one of the things, one of the worst things that's ever happened to kids is the concept that you you, you have to go to college. You have Amen. to go to college. So where do you think Amen. that comes from? Where do you think that bullcrap, complete lie comes from? I'll tell you where it comes from. It comes from colleges. It comes from school systems. They are inherently linked to the financial benefit of getting you to go to college. Which I mean, like they get their money. They get they get their uh, you know their alumni make money. They They get get to increase their office sizes. They get to increase their budget. They get to say this student went to this place. And 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 the politics of it is is that when the government gets involved in education and decides to just give anybody money that wants it, because in in the real world, nobody would borrow a shit ton of money to go to school unless they were totally invested in what they were doing and invested in that success and invested in that career. You, for example, are a prime example. You wanted to be in the theater world. So yes. you but chose... But I didn't start going to school for theater, which is very interesting because a lot of kids change their major. Okay, they do. But, but I mean, that's a different conversation. But, I mean, like, that but my point is... That follows through with the whole like going to college just to go to college yes. thing. And that's exactly yeah. right. A college is a professional degree and a professional yes. education. You do not you need to go, to go to college. For what you want. Yes, you yes. do not need to go to college to do ninety percent of, of the uh, of the jobs and careers out there. You simply don't need to. And in I fact, wouldn't say ninety. <sighs> honestly, honestly, I wouldn't say ninety. Lawyers, I would say like lawyers, 70. doctors, engineers. Uh, I. I even everything like from psychology, even when you branch it down, it's still medical. It's still essentially you're, you're, you're being a doctor. Granted, you've focused in a smaller section, but whatever it is, if you've uh, pulled out some s- tiny section of liberal arts that qualifies as a class, it's still it's still liberal arts degree is is your goal because you're interested in the arts of that particular field mm. science history literature um you know psychology those are all arts degrees and uh you know that's why there's science and arts but unless you're going to do unless you're engaged in a professional career mm-hmm. where you want to do something that requires this extra education you shouldn't be going. You shouldn't be wasting your time. It's four years of the be- of some of the best years of your life. It's money that you don't need to borrow. It's what you're really doing mm-hmm. is pissing away money that you could use towards a home by the time you're 25. Oh God. So, yeah. you know, when you put all this together and you say, okay, so you have to 90, I think like in North Brantford, I think we have like a 94% college placement uh, percentage. So 94% of students will be placed into college. That's a lot. That's insane. These kids also, don't want to do also, that. These now, kids don't want to do that. But now a bachelor's they wanna degree go to, they wanna go doesn't, to live. doesn't mean a lot to people anymore. No, because corp- in the corporate world, in the professional world, 
the the people that are good at what they do know that just because their hiree has a degree in XYZ does not mean that they are even remotely qualified to do the job. If I wanted uh, a forensic pathologist or, or something like that, you know, I'm going to get somebody out of school who graduated in, you know, forensic pathology, and it's going to take me five years to get them to actually know what they're doing. Where, well, sometimes. Where in the past, and, and I, I do mean in the past, 50, even 100 years, when you graduated Harvard with a law degree, you're ready to argue in court. Mm-hmm. When you graduated from uh, Yale with a doctor's uh, degree, you're ready to do surgery. I, I might be overstating a little, but the point is, you left school and you were ready to enter the professional field. Well, I think that still and happens today. I don't think so because Especially more as a, and as more, a doctor. more and more, there's studies that show that the students that come out of college are barely prepared to enter the professional world that they're going into. You know, they're still looking for somebody. They're still looking for the curve on the test, so to speak. Mm. You know, they're still looking to get hovered over and, and made to feel like it's okay if you fuck up. Don't worry about it. When, in fact, in real life, when you fuck up, you fuck up. And, See, and I don't feel that way in my but, major, though. But you're probably the exception to the rule. But Always. that is where this anxiety <laughs> comes from. Yeah. That's not something that should be on these kids. No. You know, and no. When, like, when you deciding your kid what off, you want to do for the rest of your life at 18 is literally so stupid. Like they're well, like, oh, you have to go to school and you have to decide. Like, unless you really unless do know, unless you really do unless know, you really do know. That is what college so many, is for. But there are so many kids who don't fucking know. And here's the thing. Which is okay you, you know not what? to know, If too. you could afford to go to college and pay for college, right? even if you don't know what you're going to do, hats off. Yeah, go ahead. Good Bye-bye. for you. See ya. Like, but if you have no idea what you're going to do, you shouldn't be forced to, and you shouldn't no. have to live up to the pressure of trying to get into yes, a college and be just to do what? Successful. Yeah. That is the kind of pressure that puts uh, that really has toasted our kids' brains and mm-hmm. has turned them into mush. And then... On top of that, you know, mommy and daddy essentially go in and take care of every single problem that any of these kids have. So none of these kids have the problem-solving skills, the real-life problem-solving skills, where they can go out into the real world upon high school graduation and handle themselves. They can handle an adversarial conversation or if their boss yells at them. Uh mm-hmm. You know, or if they can't get their order right, you know, when they go to Taco Bell. <laughs> these are things that, these are fucking, this, these things mean nothing. And yet, today's kids think that this is what the world's all about. I have to yeah. get, you know, if I can't get my video on TikTok, I'm a failure. If I don't go to college, I'm a failure. If I, uh, you know, if I tell my mom and dad that I don't want to go to college, they're going to yell at me. They're, They're not going to let failure. me stay home. I will say that I, I do think that it's starting to turn around a little bit because I, I think more and more parents are starting to look at the idea that, um, Whatever you know, that your kid wants to do with their life it, should be. You don't have to push your kid into school. Right. You, you don't, don't have to. You, and you shouldn't. To. No, you shouldn't. I mean, I my family definitely embraced the whole college thing and i wanted to go to college i wanted to learn more i wanted to be in school and i wanted that my brother austin he wanted to go into the army and he wanted to do that like that's what he wanted to do and he went to the army reserves and like you know did his whole thing and like tried to go to school and he realized it wasn't for him it's just not for me and that's okay and and so like it took a lot of courage for, you know, for him to be like, I don't fucking want to go to school. Like, I hate this. And it shouldn't take a lot of courage to just do what you no. want. And you I should know just be able to go to your parents, go to your family and say, and you I want to do this. Yes. 
Should be accepted. I mean, like, do you, if you came up to me as a kid and said, I want to, like, sleep in your basement and live in your house for the rest of my life and do nothing, I would and, be like, And by uh, the way, can you get me a high-speed internet feed and some trash bags to cover up these windows? Right. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, uh, no, you have to do something. You know, even <coughs> if you're just working as a waitress for but then, two but then years again, or whatever. A- again, and this comes down to the whole to the whole parent thing. Uh if you allow your child to sit in the basement, plastic over the windows, and play video games all day, that's what it, that's what he'll do, because yeah. it's easy to fail. You don't have to read a book on how to stay in the basement and play Call Not of Duty. Not that all going day. in the basement and playing Call of Duty is necessarily a failure, but if that's literally all you're doing every day and you're not getting paid to do it and you're not making money off of it, that's fail. That's a fail. <laughs> because there are I'm people sorry, there are people that go out there and like they literally will live stream them playing a game and they make fucking so much money. And good yay. And good money. Like, yay, I'm glad you turned your interest into a hobby. Or good your job. hobby into but a even job. That, but even that takes motivation. It takes yes. an education. You yes. have to know what you're doing. And and when they're so really learn, good yeah. at it, you know, when you got four four camera angles and you're running live stream (laughs) on two feeds you know and and you have uh you know you have a third party controlling the board as you uh you know as you shift from screen to screen that's when you know trade in that that's when you know you're taking it seriously you're doing a good job and people are interested in the product that you're putting out there right they want to see that like i would support a kid if they could if they wanted to do that like of course of course if you're taking it exactly but, you know, just to get back to the whole how we started on the school thing. Mm. All of this that we just talked about for the last 10 minutes has everything to do why our children are coming out of schools with such high levels of anxiety that mm-hmm. they're almost incapable of functioning. You know, and you could tell that when at the very first bump in the road, it's... <laughs> Okay, um, they only think that because you didn't let them. You didn't let them experience failure. You didn't let them experience things that were difficult, and you you have to get kicked down because that's how you pull yourself up, and that process gives you confidence. It's what gives you the ability to go through life and to not, uh, for lack of a better word, you know, be triggered by everything. And and walk around in this anxiety bubble that rules your life where all you do is care about what everybody's thinking and, you know, whether or not you're pre- uh, perceived as being successful or not. F- fuck if I am or not. That doesn't matter. It's just what people think. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a horror show. It's, it's rough. Anxi- it's a horror show. And, and, and some anxiety is, like, definitely clinical. There are some anxieties that, like, some people with anxiety, you're uh, you're born with an anxiety. Disorder. Well, here's the thing. In all then fairness, there are some, and then there are some <clears throat> like situational. You're not anxiety you're not too. born. Uh, or you know okay, what I mean. and like and I'll take I'm gonna take my doctor right exception of. here, but I have read a lot on it, and y- you're not born with anxiety unless you are a a psychopath, and I mean that in the in the very clinical definition of the word. Uh, psychopaths are born dysfunctional and that is the difference between a psychopath and a sociopath sociopaths are um, essentially psychopaths that were produced by their social environment psychopaths are born a little twisted a little off it's a chemical imbalance it can be any number of things but essentially their brain is miswired from the get-go biologically it, it it's a doctor thing that we can look at, we can examine, and we can we can hold our hand on it. Sociopaths are, for, again, for lack of a better word, evil evil sons of bitches that got that way <laughs> by their environment. environment. Correct. Mm-hmm. So if mommy beats me, you know, when I don't do my homework, and then beats me when I do, just because she owed me a beating from last night when she passed out well you're going to produce a sociopath in that case yeah. and 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 you know, a lot of anxiety and a lot of anxiety too. you know and i don't think um you know i don't think enough people entertain the concept that 
You know, this is something that needs to be when when a, when a kid shows that level of anxiety as a parent, you have to start to look at yourself and wonder, okay, what can I do better? What am I doing wrong? Yeah. And it's okay to ask yourself, what am I doing wrong? You know, but if your child is is locked up in their own head, you probably need to take some action different from whatever action you have been taking. And, mm-hmm. you know, we all know somebody who we all know, you know, and I'm just, this is all just, uh, you know, hypothetical. Mm-hmm. But we all know people that continuously miss the boat on what they're doing that's wrong mm. for their life. <laughs> Whether it's, you know, drinking or smoking or whatever. But I'm talking more along the lines of behavioral issues when when you can't square it in your uh, in your life to do the things that you want to do. You you can't blame other people for that. You can't can, if you're continuously without a job, it's probably your fault. If you can't, um, you know, earn enough money or feel like you can earn enough money to take care of yourself, that's probably your fault. And that's fine, but you have to accept that because only you can change that. And if you're telling yourself, "Oh no, you know, I'm just, uh, I- I'm just a victim of circumstance," well, that's almost entirely bullshit every time. And it, there's always some people something are. You, you can could do. be walking your dog and get hit by a car, mm-hmm. and now you're a cripple. You are a victim of circumstance. Right. You know, you you may have been a successful lawyer, you know, or back surgeon or whatever. And one minute life's great and the next minute it's not. And and that happens to everyone. Even that. Mm-hmm. How you deal with that and how you accept your new role defines whether or not you will ever be happy and defines your happiness for the rest of your life you have to be able to to conquer that in your own mind and just write it off as embracing the suck yes this sucks nothing i can do about it amen i I genuinely disagree with you genuinely Genuinely disagree or agree okay i genuinely agree with you i think like I thought you were snapping your fingers because it's 107. No, I'm, sta- <laughs> I'm snapping my fingers in agreement. But I think that's a good page to end on. It is. Sure. I love you. I love you, too. And I love uh, picking apart issues and brains. Hell, yeah. Yeah. One thing I've noticed with our yes. shows, and, and I think that people need to... Uh, I think we get better as the hour goes on. Well, yeah. I agree. Which you I wonder how I, I I feel like we will be professionals when our show is just as good in the first five minutes as it is in the last five. Amen. That's how I know. That's how I'm going to measure our success. Okay. 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 That okay. sounds like a good measure. I mean, I spent the first success. five minutes of this show walking back and forth to the phone just to see if, <laughs> you know, and even then I'm not in it. So. But that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Good talk. We definitely Always. rode into the dis- the discussion sunset. Always, and we're gonna pick out something purely political for next week. Like whoop, whoop, I don't whoop. know. Let's do Walt Disney versus Elon Musk. Elon Musk bought Twitter. He did <laughs> for forty-four <laughs> billion or forty-four million dollars. Uh, forty-four billion dollars. Billion dollars. Damn, Elon. I, I I could do a whole show on him. Maybe we'll talk about Elon Musk. We should. Amen. Maybe we'll pick a couple billionaires. Meeting adjourned. All right. Ciao. (laughs) Love you all. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. Thank you.